You're listening to the best of Morning Drive with Dietrich and White, an on-demand audio presentation of redpeachsports.com and ESPN977.com. Now here's today's show. It's FOMO. That's all we got. We got FOMO quarters. Four more quarters to play. Four more quarters to make a memory to last a lifetime. Four more quarters to trust in your set, your skill set, trust in your teammates. Always talk to you about trusting the man beside you, the man behind you, the man in front of you. Believe in them. Believe in your preparation. Trust that you're ready because you are. Good morning, North Louisiana. What up? How goes it? Aaron and Nick White hanging out on this Wednesday morning. That doesn't get you fired up for some football. Man. Yeah. Awesome. I think that was right before the Manning game. Uh, Jason Thompson, former head coach of the Sterlington Panthers, joins us on the Stuart Shelby Hotline. Coach, how are you doing this morning, bud? Morning, man. How are we doing this morning? Good. My goal this morning is to get you choked up. <laughs> is it working? <laughs> it's easy to do it listening to that. <laughs> That's pretty good news. Uh, so, many, so many things we want to pick your brain about. First of all, uh, congratulations. Big week this week. Uh, Dale Ashley, of course, uh, retiring, and now you have been named the new principal at Sterlington High. Congratulations, bud. Well, I thank you, man. I appreciate you. And it's been a while since I've had a chance to visit with you guys. So I look forward to this morning. All right. Uh, kind of reflecting a little bit uh, on the decision, we discussed this, of course, when you stepped down as the Sterlington Panthers head coach. Why was this important to you and your family to go the route of administration? Well, <clears throat> you know, it's one of those um, those things. I think I told you last time we visited. It's something that I saw myself maybe doing at some point. I certainly didn't know it was going to happen uh, at this time. You know, we had an assistant principal that was here that was looking to retire and uh, and move on. And, of course, I thought if there was ever an opportunity to get in, um, to get in, that, that this was the time to do it. Of course, you know, those kind of windows and opportunities only open once every blue moon. And um, I thought if it was something I was going to do at some point, uh, Sterlington was certainly a place I'd enjoy uh, doing it and see myself doing it. And, of course, obviously, like I told you last time we visited, it was, well, without question, the toughest decision in my career. and uh, But I hated to see that opportunity pass me by. And, um, you know, I still had a lot of fire in my belly, and we had just come off the state championship. And um, extremely tough decision, but I thought it was the best decision for my family and I. So I stepped off the plank there and jumped into it. And the last 14, 15 months have been, you know, really busy with school. I had to go back and get a master's degree and, and of course, test. I've not taken tests since, I think, 90. 1995, so uh, as you said a while ago, I'm relieved all that's behind me and, and kind of take a deep breath and uh, relax a little bit now. I guess you do realize how fortunate you are to be able to call your shot and call your shot and walk off as a state champion. Yeah, it's, uh, you know, of course, it's something that not doesn't happen often, and, and I certainly didn't see it panning out that way, but... Um, it was a fun ride. And of course, listening to that piece, you, that clip you had on there a while ago brought back a lot of memories and uh, uh, kind of gets the hair on the back of my neck standing up. But that was certainly a heck of a way to go out. And I, I reflect back on those moments 
pretty often. And, um, of course, as you said, football is uh, right around the corner. And I look forward to getting out there and watching our guys and, and the rest of the high school football teams around the area get after it again. Jason, it's Nick. Good to visit with you again, man. Hey, not being in this role, but uh, I guess both of us kind of kind of shifting into different roles out there. Kind of right. ironic we're back on, on here today. Pretty cool stuff. It, interesting <laughs> to me, it seems like every time I hear, you know, people talking about the state championship, people want to talk about Manny. It's almost like the, the USA-Russia Olympic match. And, and remember, that that was a semifinal. Everybody talks about sure. that when they forget. You sure. know, it wasn't the gold medal game. It seems like yeah. everybody always talks about the Sterlington-Manny semifinal matchup, and we forget what you guys did in the championship game. And, and you know, that was almost, you know, what dubbed, you know, David versus Goliath right there, almost like the, the USA versus Russia. Uh, do you think it it almost kind of gets overshadowed the, the state championship game? How big of a win that was because of the spectacle that was down there at Manny? Yeah, you know, a lot of people talk about the Manny game because of the atmosphere, and uh, you know, not the, the, those that were there will certainly remember it. But you know, one time there, um, midway through the first quarter, or excuse me, the fourth quarter, it was like a twenty-one seventeen game. Um, and then at that point, uh, kind of the fireworks began, if you will, and, and, and nobody could stop each other. And um, so it, you know, wound up going into the triple overtime game. We're fortunate enough to win that thing and get to the state championship. But, but you're right. Uh, you know, a lot of people talk about that game when they reflect back on that year, but the state championship was probably one that we weren't, uh, weren't picked by many to win. And, um, uh, you know, I don't think there were many, many people outside of our dressing room that really thought we had a shot, but I, you know, I go back to that week, and as coaches, we began to look at film on Saturday and Sunday, and, and, and we always kind of convened Sunday, Sunday afternoon before we got out of there. And, uh, you know, after visiting with the coaches, uh, you know, we all kind of thought, you know, we're, we got a shot here. Um, they were absolutely talented. I don't, I don't know how many, uh, you know, signees they wound up having off that team. I think it was 13 or 14 maybe seniors and another seven or eight maybe juniors that signed. I'm not real sure, but the more and more film we got to watch and we thought we, we had some, some things we could take advantage of and we found those things, but our kids never for a second believed that they couldn't compete and win. And, uh, of course, they certainly went out there and did that. And it's a memory they'll have for a lifetime and certainly us coaches as well. Nick, you remember doing the, sitting in the hotel doing the confidence poll? I think we had four teams down there going for state <laughs> yeah. championships, and we were trying to rank yeah. who's, who's most likely to bring home a trophy. And uh, dead last, without a uh, without a doubt, was Sterling did. <laughs> yeah, I remember those well. Go ahead. Yeah, I think you guys were the only ones yeah. to bring back a title too. <laughs> right. Yeah, that's right. So good times. Good times. Yeah. Coach, uh, the beauty of coaching, why did you get involved in it? When did you know you were hooked in this profession? Yeah, that's an easy question. I, You know, I was actually in, I was talking to somebody about this the other day. I actually went to college in criminal justice. I thought I was going to be a, uh, a law enforcement guy and uh, was in that for a couple of years. Uh, of course, I played baseball in college. And uh, I had come home one summer and um, – the baseball coach, of course, I grew up in Calhoun, out, out near West Washtenaw. And uh, the baseball coach, the summer baseball coach uh, for the high school team that decided he needed some time away and uh, contacted me and asked me if I wanted to coach his summer baseball team. 
Uh, of course, it's something I'd never done before, never even thought about doing it before. And, uh, of course, just as luck would have it, it was a very, very talented team. I don't know if you guys remember Tony Lawrence and Ryan Hatworth and Stephen Donald, some of those guys that went on to play collegiately over at Louisiana Tech and other places. But those were some of the guys that were on the team. And um, and I think we went like 42-5 and five or something that summer. And, of course, that's back when you were still playing you know, traveling all over to these different tournaments. And um, I just fell in love with it. And the kids responded well. I enjoyed working with them and, uh, you know, developing the relationships with the kids and their families. And, uh, you know, it, it got all over me. So uh, I enjoyed it. I, I went back uh, following that summer, went immediately back to school and changed my major to education. And, um, you know, of course, that was 1990, I guess, two, maybe, 92. And I've been in it ever since. So. Uh, really enjoyed it, enjoyed the relationships with the kids and watching those guys progress. And um, I just always got a lot of enjoyment out of that. You worked for some great people coming through the ranks. Is there a mentor or two that you learned the most from? And I know now a former coach that this past year, you, I'm sure you learned a lot on the administrative side being Dale Ashley. Well, you bet. You know, I, I, you said it. I was fortunate to, to, to work under some really, really good ones. You know, the ones I learned the most from, that, that's tough. Uh, I, I go way back to my early days when Pat Collins was still in the business, and uh, I learned an awful lot from him, you know, and, and a lot of what I learned from him was not necessarily stuff on the field, but, but off the field, how you handle your business off the field and keeping your facilities presentable, and I uh, learned an awful lot from him. And, then, of course, I was lucky enough to work for Mickey over at Neville for, for eight or nine years, too. And uh, I still find myself a lot today, even in the administration world, uh, you know, having a lot of the, the, the values that I learned from him, um, taking those and applying them to my job here. And, uh, you know, Mickey was, was very, very firm. He was always fair. He had a plan in place. Um, you know, make sure all those around him were on board. And um, I enjoyed my time there with, uh, with Mickey and was fortunate to learn an awful lot from him. How big of an adjustment was that last year? I'd see you at Panthers games, and you were bouncing around the stadium, but you were not on the sidelines. How tough was that? It was different. Of course, you know, I had my administrative responsibilities, uh, you know, that were mostly before the game and after the game. And um, But, yeah, you, you know, you, you get to see things from a different perspective. Uh, you know, you're not – you can actually enjoy the game instead of being, you know, so glued into the X's and O's part of it. But uh, – uh, but I did enjoy it. I, again, I, my, my duty spot on Friday night was actually on the other side of the field, on the visitor side of the field. So got to see things from over there and, um, uh, you know, watch the coaches work, watch the kids perform and execute. And uh, it, it was nice, you know. I I, I do miss the, that sense of accomplishment you get every Friday night, good or bad. I, I miss that. Uh, you know, but I do get to still be around the kids and, uh, continue to develop those relationships with them. And I still get to come up on Saturdays and Sundays from time to time and kind of pull up a chair in the back of the room and watch a little film with the coaches. And uh, so I'm close enough to still be able to uh, to do those things. But but I do miss the competitive fire that comes with it. Now, now that you're in, you've been in the administrative role and, and now you're shifting into the principal. Let's talk about the, the growth of the school there at Sterlington. Um, yeah. You know, during during the school school time, uh, if you're in that area, I am. I'm listening to Aaron and Jake every morning, and 
and I'm on 165, and, and as, as the year goes on, the, the traffic progressively gets worse and worse. So you always hear about the growth of Sterlington, the going from 2A to 3A. What is yeah. the potential for, and you hear, you know, they're going to be 4A in a couple of years. What, what is the growth track of that school, and how close are you guys to becoming maybe a 4A school? Yeah, you know, a lot of people think that we are on the fast track to 4A, and, and we're not really. Uh, you know, we, we are growing a lot out here. Yeah. Um, we're, we're at 477 students right now, and I, I think that the, the 4A numbers began up in the, the you know upper 600s, I think, if yeah. I remember right. But, um, you know, so we still got a ways to go. But most of our growth, I'm finding, are, are younger families that are moving into the area. I know our elementary school is busting at the seams. Uh, you know, our middle schools busting at the scene. So those kids will eventually be here in time. Uh, you know, but right now we're still okay. We're, um, you know, we've still got room in the building. We're, we're, we're getting squeezed in spots. You know, we, um, are, are, we're, we're tied in the field house down there with our football program. But our, our halls are, you know, a little, a little more full than what they were when I first got here. But, um, but we're still okay. We still got a little room for improvement. But you're you're absolutely right about the traffic. The traffic out here is seems like as the school year progresses, it just gets worse and worse and worse. And um, but we're awfully excited out here. We don't we don't have a perfect school by any stretch, but we're awfully proud of it. And of course, Coach Ashley, I still call him Coach. Coach Ashley did a phenomenal job here, and I was fortunate to learn a lot from him. And um, you know, my coming in here is not so, uh, a deal where we're fixing to change the wheel because we've got a pretty good thing going. And it's my job just come in here and try to make some tweaks and changes here and there and see if we can make a great thing even better. Hey, I, I joke with people all the time if they travel that area, if, if you, you got a certain time and if you miss it, by five minutes, it'll cost you 30 minutes. I'm telling you, you if you, you miss window. it by five minutes, it will cost you 30 minutes. Trust me. You're so. right. You're right. It's that 705, 710 time. Uh, that highway starts popping out there. So you're, you're right about that. Former Sterlington head coach Jason Thompson and the current principal of Sterlington, Jason Thompson, joins us on the Stuart Shelby Hotline. Coach, you, you look at Lee Doty, and, of course, nobody wanted to really follow in your footsteps, and uh, he did a magnificent job last year. What was it about him that won you over when you brought him onto your staff? You know, I've used the word relationships a lot this morning already, and, and that's the thing that was most impressive about him. Uh, you know, Lee kind of fell in our laps my last year here. He was he was moving into the area with his three daughters that um, – that uh, he wanted to enroll in the school here. He was unemployed at the time. I didn't know Lee, uh, but he and I really hit it off really, really well. And, and I remember the first day I ever met him, we went down to my office, kind of shut the door and locked it. Uh, and we were in there for five or six hours, you know, just talking ball, uh, you know, talking life in general. And I, I just liked his demeanor. You know, he was a, he was a, uh, you know, you never see Lee to get, too, too fired up. You certainly don't see him get uh, down too much. I like his even kill demeanor. And then once we hired him on and got him here, I just I really enjoyed watching the relationships he developed with his players and the players and uh, respond to him really well. Uh, you know, he's one of those guys in the coaching world that can that can chew on him when he needs to chew on him, but he's going to be the first one there to give him a high five and pat him on the behind too. And uh, you know, all our players and, and really everybody here at our schools responded to him really well. So um, when I made the decision to step down and get into administration, I 
you know, I'd, I'd had a year there to kind of watch him work and watch how he worked, you know, not only with our players but our other coaches. And, you know, there were other coaches on staff that were also interested in the job. And the last thing I wanted to do was, you know, split our staff because we've got such a good one. Um, and so all those guys really got together, and I take my hat off to them. They all got together down there and said, look, there's no sense in this thing uh, going south. Uh, we've got a great thing going here. Let's rally our support behind one guy and, and support him and keep this great thing going. And, and that guy was Lee. And um, I don't think we've missed a beat down there. And I certainly look forward to, you know, our, our kids are working really hard this summer. I think our uh, summer participation is, is up around 95%. So I really look forward to seeing the product put on the field this year as well. All right, Jason, final question. There may be a coach or two out there listening and a few high-profile coaches at that that are thinking about making that transition, hanging up the whistle and going into administration. What advice yeah. would you tell them? Think long and hard about it and pray long and hard about it because, the, yeah, you know, I don't know that you ever lose those competitive juices. And, of course, I'd be lying if I said it's not nice going home at 3.30 in the afternoon because there's – uh, you know, I've not done that since I was probably seven or eight years old. I've always left after school and gone to some sort of practice. But I do miss those competitive juices, uh, going out there and that kind of that sense of accomplishment I, we talked about earlier. Um, but you know what? If, if, if you are going to get out of coaching, administration is not a bad way to go because you still get to hang around the kids and, uh, you know, you still get to go out there on Friday nights. But uh, I don't know that you'll ever use that or lose that fire in your belly. Jason, as always, good stuff, man. Don't be a stranger. Thank you. Well, thank you, Aaron. Appreciate you, Nick. Jason Thompson, current principal at Stewart. Still doesn't feel right. It's right, but well, doesn't but feel right to say it. I remember whenever Coach Ashley made that transition yeah. as well, yeah. and, and you see more and more coaches, you know, making making those transitions. And, you know, I think off the top of my head, and, you know, one who, who's – doing a dual role, you know, on a smaller school level is Tony Antley at Shudrant. And, um, you know, the challenges that are there whenever you do that, and, and there are others that – Brett that, Riley at uh, Del High yeah, yeah, yeah. I mean, you know, he's, he's coaching football and, and doing all that, and, and I'm sure we're missing others. Yeah. But, um, you know, obviously there, there are some, some great benefits, and, and, you know, whenever you start looking at, you know, down the line of retirement, salary, and all those things, uh, it's hard not, not to look at that direction. And, you know, you, you actually you, – People don't understand the hours these coaches put in, the criticism now that, that there's always been criticism in the job, but now it, it's 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 amplified because of social media, and so uh, probably not a bad gig to start looking at if uh, if you can get those opportunities. There's been a lot of special uh, state championship games. Obviously, uh, Union winning that title goes right to the top, and everything the, the storyline behind that. But uh, Stroington and that storyline going into that game versus Madison Prep. And anybody that yeah. saw both of those teams lined up <laughs> on the field or saw them in practice the day before without pads, you're like, uh, this one could get ugly, and it could get ugly fast. But Stillington just kept hanging around, hanging around, and then eventually they're hoisting the state championship in a huge upset. But do you not agree? Everybody talks about Manny, yeah. and we forget they beat Madison Prep. Yeah. The, yeah. the – yeah. 
you know, some were arguing the best team in any class. And in then the, the quarter, that, the that quarterfinals, too. You remember when Kinder came up here and uh, Sterlington won on a long pass play right. at the I end mean, of the game they, to they, knock off. They knocked off Kinder, Manny, and, Manny the and then Madison Prep. Yeah. That is That was an impressive three-game run for those guys. Yeah. And then, of course, everybody doubting the Panthers in that championship game. And I'm waiting to get into the locker room to hear Jason Thompson's speech. And Carson Clowers walks up and says, about to prove you wrong. He had that look in his eye. And sure enough, the Panthers proved everybody wrong. Good stuff. Good luck to uh, Coach Thompson uh, yes. in his future endeavors. Yes, great guy. Fabulous. 888-993-7762. The Morning Drive with Nick White on this morning huh. rolls along. Whatever car you're looking for, whatever the price for how many doors, cars, trucks, and SUVs, the king of the road car king. We treat you like royalty. We earn your trust and loyalty. You'll be wearing the crown and you'll start to sing. The king of the road, the king of the road, car king. If your business depends on technology, then you can depend on NetTech. We offer remote desktop and service management, cloud-based document access, email services, IP phone services, fiber internet, and data security products. With locations in Monroe and in Ruston, our friendly technicians and help desk staff are ready to solve all your IT problems. Let NetTech be your IT department. Visit nettech.net or call 866-668-0001 today. Looking for affordable home building here in Northeast Louisiana? Look no further than Allen Builders. The folks at Allen Builders are dedicated to building that quality custom home that you've always been dreaming of. In the need of a remodel, bathrooms, kitchen, flooring, the folks at Allen Builders can handle it. Issue with a roof? Whether it's tearing off and replacing existing shingles, replacing rotten decking, and installing solar power vents, yep, they've got that covered. For more information, call Allen Builders today, 348 348- 8920-348-8920. If you or a loved one have been injured or a victim of medical malpractice, you need to go Guerrero. I'm Lauren Guerrero, and my father is Jeff Guerrero. He has helped thousands of people who have been injured in auto accidents, offshore accidents, drug recalls, and victims of medical negligence. So if you or a loved one have been injured through no fault of your own, do what thousands of injured clients have already done. Go Guerrero. Call 24 hours a day at 325-4306 or come by the office at 2200 Forsyth Avenue in Monroe. Now let's get back to the sports on the morning drive. This hour is sponsored by Car King and Monroe. Welcome back to the show, Aaron, hanging out with Nick on this, what is today? Is today Wednesday? Wednesday yeah. morning. Yes, it is. Uh, good news, uh, Jake Martin will be coming yeah. back uh, tomorrow. He is uh, home with his wife and, of course, their new baby daughter, girl. Fantastic for that family. And, of course, we look forward to hearing from Jake tomorrow morning at 7 a.m. Fantastic news. Best thing we saw on uh, social media yeah. yesterday by far. Uh, best news with the Cowboys this off season. Elliot hasn't been arrested yet or he hasn't had a run in. <laughs> I, I'm, I'm, I'm reaching I don't know. It, I mean, they did have uh, the water, the water gun, um, water pistol shenanigans or whatever. I mean, mm-hmm. nothing happened out of yeah. that. That was just kind of dumb mm-hmm. in today's society to do something like Zeke and uh, Dak, wherever they were. 
All right, let me talk to you. Has there been a whole lot of good news? I don't know. I, I just want to get your thoughts on this. We only got a short segment here. This Cowboys offense, and you yeah. look at it, uh, obviously just an ultra-talented running back there, still got the great offensive line. But where are the other playmakers on this offense located at? Well, in the backfield, um, there was Zeke. I, I still I still believe in, in the ability of, of Dak Prescott as a quarterback, and you got a bunch of – I mean, it's it's the lowest-paid wide receiver group in the NFL. I saw that, that number kind of flash across out there. But, you know, they, they are pumping money on the defensive side of the football. And I think everybody's looking at offense and sitting there and saying, well, what are they going to do offensively? How are they going to throw the football? How are they going to do all these different things? Well, we forget about, you know, they've had their struggles, you know, defensively, and, and they've kind of – they've drafted well on that side of the ball and – Hopefully they'll get better. But back to offense, I started looking a little bit more at their wide receiver core. They got Hearns now. They've got Tavon Austin, who I feel like has always been kind of on the brink of being a breakout wide receiver talent in the NFL. But he just hasn't been able to finally get it together. Um, you know, Cole Beasley obviously can't be a number one, but he's fantastic as far as in the slot. But who's going to be your – your go-to guy whenever you need that that first down. Uh, you know, I, I'm I'm not crying over Des Bryant being gone. He was a one-trick pony, and he had too many drops for the money that he was making. And he, there's a reason why he's still unemployed right now. Um, your number one offensive weapon is still Ezekiel Elliott. They put the money in back in the offensive line with Zach Martin getting getting locked up. You still got Travis Frederick and others there on the offensive line. So. You would think there they would be. They still must feel confident that they can run the football. There would be a high-priced uh, veteran wide receiver out there that perhaps get cut late in training camp or some kind of maneuver is made where they bring him onto the roster. Yeah, I would, I'd would. i be shocked if, if there's not. And let's not discount, you know, injuries are going to happen in training camp. There are going to be some other moves. But also there's going to be a guy that might be drafted or an undrafted guy. We see this every year. The Saints are a perfect example. We see undrafted guys every year in the NFL end up popping up and, mm-hmm. and becoming breakout guys. Who's to say the Cowboys don't feel confident? They've got somebody that nobody's talking about right now on their roster to to be a, a guy they feel like they can depend on. Oh, so Rico Gathers taking over for Jason Rico Wayne. Gathers could be a guy finally getting out there on the field. Maybe. I don't know. I mean, he obviously, you know, basketball guy stepping out on the football field. That's turned out pretty well for other guys. Antonio Gates uh, being one among others out there. I'm not saying he's going to be Antonio Gates, but, but they've, they've obviously protected him. He was injured last year, but they protected him, found ways to protect him on this practice squad to be able to see the potential that he brings to the table. T.O. is still available, too, so uh, if Jerry Jones wants to. I don't even want to get into that. <laughs> He's still I, impressed. I, He's still no, running a 4 I, I, four, I, I'm four, five. just talking about his uh, Hall of Fame decision. Uh, yeah. I just, man, that. <laughs> this getting I, riled up over here. You hear the deep I breathing? I don't understand it. <laughs> Let's take a time out. I, I don't get that. You can hit us up at 888-993-7762. You want to take a trip to Omaha? Get a yes. fan's perspective? Yes. On what is taking place, battling each other and Mother Nature. That's coming up after the break.
Brad Parker and his wife Leah opened the Iron Cactus in Calhoun, Louisiana on July 12, 2010 and has made Iron Cactus into a one-of-a-kind restaurant and, in my opinion, the best Tex-Mex in the area. They now have a second location at 428 Desired Street in Monroe. Iron Cactus offers a family-friendly environment that's open for lunch and dinner and also has an array of platters for your catered events. Every time you visit Iron Cactus, you'll find a dedicated and grateful staff with a commitment to deliver the best Tex-Mex, along with the fresh ideas that will make you want to come back again and again. They pride themselves in using fresh food to meet your expectations of a delicious dining experience, and they look forward to serving you in a simple cantina setting. What's better than the Iron Cactus fajitas? Eating them with a margarita, obviously. They are so excited to announce they are now serving your favorite margaritas, wine, and ice-cold beer in downtown Monroe. 428 Desired Street, Monroe, and 1304 Highway 80 East in Calhoun. Whatever car you're looking for, whatever the price for how many doors, cars, trucks, and SUVs, the king of the road, car king. We treat you like royalty, we earn your trust and loyalty. You'll be wearing the crown and you'll start to sing. The king of the road, the king of the road, parking. Whether you have a sports or an orthopedic injury, nagging low back or neck pain, work-related injury, or even vertigo, get the care and treatment you need at Legacy Outpatient Therapy Services. LOTS has been a reliable health care provider for Ruston and the surrounding communities for over 15 years. Give Chase Patterson and his team of skilled therapists a call at 318-255-9601 or visit our website at LegacyRehab.net. LOTS, official partner of Louisiana Tech Athletics and your home for trusted therapy solutions. Powered by Legacy Rehabilitation. Local Sports Talk is on the air. On the morning drive, this hour is sponsored by Car King and Monroe. Welcome back to the morning drive on Sports Talk 97.7. We look forward to a big day at the College World Series, including the Hogs in action coming up at 11 o'clock. I guess uh, the biggest storylines, or one of the biggest storylines, Nick, from uh, the College World Series so far has literally been Mother Nature. Yeah, and, and you kind of looking at social media you kind of saw that that would be the case after the the first couple of days and uh, it has has been the case they've made some decisions to move some games around but i think they they built in some weather days to make sure they can you know account for all this uh we've had a number of media schmoes on the show discussing and breaking down the college world series but let's get a true perspective or a unique view of what's taking place in omaha and we get that from west monroe's mark fenn he joins us on the Stuart Shelby Hotline. How are you doing this morning, Mark? Man, we're great. How's it going that way? Uh, fantastic. Um, perhaps we're a little drier than you. Uh, how did this all Everybody come about? Is this, is this become kind of a family tradition for you to make your way to Omaha? It has. My mom and dad have been coming for since 2004 every year, except for one year my dad was ill. Um, and I've been coming, this is my fifth year in a row, so I'm kind of the, the designated driver for my mom and dad now. They they live nice. in Winsboro, and we meet in Monroe and drive all the way here. What is it about the College World Series that is so special, so unique? It's just a pure experience, I guess. I tell people that if you like baseball a little bit, you got to come to the College World Series. If If you don't like baseball, but you just like college kids, and the best of America and what's represented there, 
It's a beautiful environment to come, very family-oriented, and it's baseball. I mean, it's, baseball is baseball, and it's just the best of the best in college, and uh, it's so much fun. There's always some great stories and underdog stories, and all that comes together, and you meet up with people from all over the country, and my mom and dad have got tailgating friends that, that they met at, at Rosenblatt years ago, and now it's like a big fan re- reunion of people from Texas and Kansas and South Louisiana and even Omaha, and they become family. So that, that it's all really, really special time for us. Unfortunately, LSU is not there this year. What is the difference when the Tigers are there when they're not? Well, Omaha is always great, but uh, it's always better when LSU is here. Uh, the crowds are louder. The food and tailgating is way better when LSU is here, no doubt. And uh, LSU is the darling of Omaha. Uh, but there's not a close second. LSU is by far the favorite team in Omaha, even when we're not here. So if we, we, we'll wear an LSU shirt or cap and get stopped by no telling how many people saying, oh, we missed the Tigers. We wish y'all were here. Looking forward to having you back. So LSU really has, has a great name out here in Omaha. From your parents who have been there, what you said, for uh, 14, 15 years in a row now, are they getting used to the new ballpark? Yes, they, they really like it. Uh, you know, there's a lot of nostalgia about Rosenblatt, but uh, this ballpark is fantastic. The facility is outstanding. The parking area is, is significantly better than Rosenblatt. So, you know, it doesn't have quite the nostalgia to it uh, yet that, that Rosenblatt did. But as far as the amenities and as far as the comfort and being able to see the game well, every seat's a good seat. Uh, they do a great job out here at TD Ameritrade. Mark, it's, uh, it's been interesting to kind of watch this year, though, and you, you've had one of the blue bloods of, of college baseball make another appearance, and they went uh, two and Q there in Texas. Um, you had Texas there, Mississippi State. You've got Arkansas up there, Florida, Oregon State. Uh, you really don't have that, that, quote, you know, non-power, you know, conference school up there. Uh, which fan base have you seen the, the most has be, been the most spirited uh, up there of the eight teams that have been there this year? Mississippi State and Arkansas, no doubt. Uh, both fan bases are here. They are loud. They're a lot of fun. They they just add a whole lot to the environment. So it, it's been it's been a lot of fun to cheer along with those guys. Which bandwagon are you jumping on then? You know, um, whoever's playing at the time, I mean, you know, if, if Mississippi State's playing, we're definitely from them. My dad's a Mississippi boy, so that's easy for us to, to pull for them. And then, uh, But then Arkansas, I, I married an Arkansas girl. And so, um, you know, I, I pull for them just to, just to keep, you know, relations good in our family. Uh, you know, my extended family, my brother-in-law graduated from the uh, University of Arkansas. And I'll just tell you, I mean, it, it may be annoying to you if you're an LSU fan <laughs> to hear the whole woo pig suey thing, but it is awesome in, in uh, the stadium when they call the Hogs. It really is a lot of fun. I've got a friend who, who's a Mississippi State fan. Uh, he and his family, he, he texted me last week uh, whenever they uh, ended up winning the Super Read. I thought he was joking. He, he said, hey, going to Omaha. And I called him and I said, are you serious? He said, yeah. So he loaded up the family. They went up there. First time ever got up there. And he said, uh, he said I may go every year. This was spectacular. Uh, he's trying to talk me into going now, and I said, well, I've always wanted to go. Uh, I always hope to call a game up there, but, uh, you know, nonetheless, just to be able to go and check it out because, uh, and, Mark, you can probably attest to this. Tell us about uh, a little bit. There's more than just baseball going on up there. There's so many different attractions up there in Omaha. 
Well, it, it's a it's a really uh, a nice town, and the folks here are super nice. Of course, the big thing for us is is where we're going to eat, you know. And so we, when we're not eating and tailgating, and you know, days like today happen, and so hey, we're we're about to have breakfast with all of our friends at a, at a really great place called uh, the Farmhouse uh, Cafe. But uh, you know, I was on a quest to find that really good Omaha steak, and uh, I'd had a couple recommendations over the years that really were underwhelming. And then last night we finally hit a good one uh, at a place called Brother Sebastian's, and uh, and so now I have had the true Omaha experience and had a legit Omaha steak that was really good. All right, how you guys handling the weather? I'm sure besides breaking down the matchups as you get up and go through the paper, you're keeping an eye on that 4K forecast. How frustrating has it been so far? Yeah, it's it's a challenge. It really has. You, you've got to you've got to be kind of long suffering here. We've had some long days. Of course, the the game one um, before the weather started, you know, it was the longest nine inning game in the history of the College World Series. Uh, it just took forever to get done. And then um, you know, then you know, the weather hits, and uh, there's there's been delays every day. And so fortunately, you know, I said we got these great friends, and so you go out to the tailgate area with them, and. And folks are laughing, and we're under tents and things like that. So that helps to pass the time. But we have spent um, some unusually long hours in stadium seats this year. And I, I just think not have to do that anymore. But it, it's looking rough right now. It, it, it's, it's, the, the clouds are really low-hanging, and I, it's doubtful that they're going to get the 11 o'clock game started on time. Ouch. Well, thank you. Giving us a weather report from Omaha. I like that. And we were looking forward to Arkansas and <laughs> Texas Tech going at 11 o'clock. Yeah, well, hopefully it won't t- it take too long. The weather guys out here – say that they feel like there's going to be at least some light rain to start that game and so they may bump it a little bit later but uh we'll we'll see but they they do expect to be able to get both of them in today man this is a cool tradition with you you and your parents uh how long y'all staying up there for we will this will be our last day actually we'll come back tomorrow our our plan is always to we usually stay through wednesday um and so we can see every team play twice uh except uh on the years when lsu's here then then you know, we stay as long as the Tigers are here. Uh, if that voice sounds familiar, of course, uh, Mark is uh, the PA announcer out there at uh, Rebel Stadium, Don Shiles Field. How many years have you been doing that now? 23 years. Wow. How much so do you look ready. forward to Friday nights? Well, it, it's just a lot of fun. Uh, it, it really brings our community together. And Northeast Louisiana is about high school football on Friday night. And so it's just fun to know that all around our community – that people are coming together, they're cheering for their guys, and and uh, I, I just love it, man. I, I love uh, high school football, and uh, it's been a real joy to get to to announce the, the Rebel games. We have a lot of fun there in Rebel Stadium, and try to make it a really good environment for people to enjoy. And um, it just it's just a lot of fun to see those kids work hard and do well and get rewarded on Friday nights. Mark, uh, I do the math. You know that thing puts you back into the mid nineties. Uh, as that thing was yeah. really blowing up there, uh, was th- was there a year or a game when you knew you were witnessing something special and a program was being built at West Monroe? Well, uh, there's been a lot of great moments there, but you know, to me, the the really super fun game uh, was in '93. Um, you know, when we were the Cinderella story and went down to St. Aug and and won that game down there um, in the playoffs. And to, to get to go to the dome, and that that was phenomenal. And then, uh, uh, you know, of course, remember the the Kieran Crow game uh, with Kevin Falk, um, you know, at at West Monroe. That was that was pretty exciting to see that happen. Um, you know, we've we've there's just been a lot of great ones. Catholic uh, with Minor, and 
and and Major Applewhite that came to Rebel Stadium and uh, and we took them down. So th- those were some really fun times right there. When when I kind of say when we were climbing the mountain, it was a lot a lot of fun then. Two final questions. I'll put you on the hot seat. Uh, Ninety-eight versus the two thousand squad for West Monroe. Who wins? <laughs> oh man, I, I know I'm gonna get guys after me for this, but uh, the ninety-eight squad. Um, oh. I just they're hard to beat, man. I mean, look, the two thousand. Nothing. Not, can't take anything away from them for sure. They were it was a phenomenal year, but that ninety-eight bunch to me was really special. And I got to be honest with you, it was probably my least fun year of announcing football games because they were so boring. Um, we just blew people away in a hurry. And then you're sitting there, I'm going, hey, man, that, you know, we got the junior varsity guys, and I need a junior varsity announcer to come and take over the second half. <laughs> uh, I got to get my football juices going. Can you, can you give us your, your trademark call right before the game kicks off for Rebels? Okay. Ladies and gentlemen, it's Friday night. You're in Rebel Stadium. Are you ready for football? Oh, man. How many days away are we? 70-some, I think? (laughs) Not not far away. Hey, bud, that was fantastic. And and, and I'll compliment, he does PA the right way. He doesn't do play-by-play over the PA month. He does it the right way. Great job, Mark. Well, thank you very much. It's my my honor. Uh, Thanks for coming on. Enjoy your time with your parents up there at the College World Series. Some great insight, some great perspective. Appreciate it, bud. Hey, thanks a lot. Good stuff. Mark Fan, of course, up there at the College World Series, the uh, PA guy out at Rebel Stadium. Yeah, a lot of people make that, that pilgrimage up to Omaha. Maybe maybe make make a journey up there one day. Mm. Let's take a time Check out. You out. know we do a little segment at the end called Parting Shots. You, you still do that? Yeah, we do. Do you have any good material? I really don't, but I'm sure I could find something. You got two and a half minutes. Clock starts. Has the streaf thing been finalized yet? <laughs> I, can, I can still get fired up about that, right? Yes. Has it been finalized? Yes. Zach Streif is jumping over every play-by-play broadcaster yeah. in the country to land that gig. Man. <laughs> yeah, we need to poke the pleasantly plump bear one more time. <laughs> I'll try to pick something else. Okay. Well, I enjoyed that. That's coming up after the break. Whatever car you're looking for, whatever the price, for how many doors, cars, trucks, and SUVs, the king of the road, car king. We treat you like royalty, we earn your trust and loyalty. You'll be wearing the crown and you'll start to sing, the king of the road, the king of the road, car king. Come to a peachy paradise, June 22nd and 23rd for the Louisiana Peach Festival in Ruston. Friday, June 22nd, enjoy music from Lacey Cavalier and John King. Don't miss the rodeo, the peach art exhibit, lots of arts and crafts, and of course, the peach parade. June 23rd, we'll have a battle of the bands in Ruston's Railroad Park. Closing out the Peach Festival will be renowned New Orleans party band, Bag of Donuts. From top of the pop to rock songs to dance, all with that Bag of Donuts twist. The 2018 Louisiana Peach Festival in Ruston, June 22nd and 23rd, with a kids' fishing tournament, a peach art exhibit, games and carnival rides, a rodeo. 
That sounds like a lot, right? Well, it's not even half the story. Go check out more for yourself at louisianapeachfestival.org. The Louisiana Peach Festival in Ruston, June 22nd and 23rd. This summer, Johnny's Pizza House introducing the new Smokehouse Pulled Pork Pizza. You pulling my pork? Uh, no. We're not pulling your... Hey! And now's the guy say they have a new pizza. The new Smokehouse Pulled Pork Pizza is only here for the summer, so be sure to... What do you mean it's only here for the summer? It'll be gone by the end of summer. The new Smokehouse Pulled Pork Pizza... Well, maybe I want it after the summer. <sighs> Let's just wrap this up. Johnny's Pizza House. Let's share a slice. In the South, June means lawn work is only half done. There's still a lot of grass cutting to do. So through the end of June, you can save 10% on all residential grade zero turn cup cadet mowers from Yard Power. YP has a huge inventory of mowers to choose from because Yard Power is your cup cadet superstore. All cup cadet zero turn mowers, 10% off through June 30th at Yard Power. Highway 165 North in Monroe and on Waldrop Lane just off Noondakadish in West Monroe. Good morning. Here's latest weather conditions for our area. Showers and thunderstorms in the forecast for today with the high of 87 degrees. Cloudy skies with a 50% chance of rain on tonight, a low 72. Mostly cloudy skies with a 60% chance of rain on tomorrow and a high of 87 degrees. Grab another cup of coffee and keep tuned to the morning drive. This hour is sponsored by Car King and Monroe. Hey, before we get to our parting shots, and this kind of ties in with uh, the voice of the Warhawks, Nick White, being in, I did see this news with uh, Notre Dame. Uh, they're changing up their radio team. Former Notre Dame running back Alan Pingett, he was a good one, uh, and play-by-play man Don Cricky are out as the radio broadcast team for the Fighting Irish. Uh, you read down here, they've reached an agreement with JMI Sports, and what JMI wants to do, they want to kind of keep it, according to Pinkett, keep it more local with a, a guy that, of course, lives in town and is able to do stuff on a weekly basis or a daily basis and kind of include all their social media. So at first you're like, wow, they're getting rid of Don Cricky, well-established guy in Pinkett. What are they doing? But I kind of like it, the fact that they, if they go local. Yeah, and I'll tell you, uh, uh, and this is not on the level of Notre Dame, but but on the FCS level, they are the power. Um, this is similar to what North Dakota State went with their broadcast job. And, huh. um, I was fortunate enough to, um, I was involved in in that process huh. actually. So kind of kind of know that that was that was a, a significant job. Let me tell you, and um, uh, you talk about a rabid fan base. But what they did with that play by play job, they did something very similar. Um, obviously, it, it involved. Uh, they actually have their own station now. They run their own station and they control their own content. Mm. And I, it sounds like that's what Notre Dame is looking to do mm. here. And by the way, JMI is now they're they're like they're Learfield and and IMG, uh, but they're like kind of they're they're way you know down down the line as far as they don't have near the number of schools. They do have some big ones: Kentucky, uh, Clemson believe georgia and now notre dame they have a little bit so they have some pretty big ones but nonetheless um north dakota state was doing a lot of this in-house content as well with their play-by-play job football men's basketball you'd host a daily show you do a lot of social media and sounds like that's what notre dame is doing and and i think that's smart you Mm -hmm. control your own content you have your own guy doing your own kind of branding and then you can obviously sell it Mm -hmm. um that's a powerful brand out there so uh, i think it's pretty interesting news in a in a changing 
uh, you know, medium of what we're seeing as far as broadcasting goes on the radio side of things. Yeah, the thing that startled me about this uh, article is Don Cricky, of yeah. course, uh, been calling NFL games for 47 years. He is uh, 71 now. Yeah, we, we were just talking during the break. I remember Don Crickey doing games for NBC whenever they still had the NB, uh, uh-huh. the, the AFC package, AFC TV package. And I want to say, you know, he he might have been doing games, and, and I could be wrong. You know, OJ was doing some games with him. Uh, that's how far you go back. But, uh, wow, Don Crickey, uh, and obviously he's been doing it a long time. Uh, he's not been doing TV a whole lot, as I understand, but uh, – you do hate to see a, a guy who's been doing it for that long kind of get forced out, but uh, I do understand the, a little bit of the shift in the business. It is part of our parting shots. Oh, yes! 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 We got it, baby! We got it! We got it! Woo! Congratulations. Um, Congratulations. I lost. You lost? Yes. Oh. Okay. You can have your $500 million jackpot in Powerball or whatever the heck it was, but I'll take this, baby. Well, it's a quick throw. And it's good. Intercepted. Intercepted. They're not the Butler. Butler has it at the one. Not the Butler. Stepped in front of the throw. You've got to be kidding me. you got to be kidding me. It's got to be one of the dumbest calls offensively in Super Bowl history. Oh, again. Again. That's a twofer. It's time for two parting shots. Listen to that. Listen to that. Sponsored by no one. Oh, oh, sound like a Jesse uh, Body Ventura there with the color. Is that uh, is that still old, um, the weather guy? Is that uh, yeah, yeah, at the end. Is yeah. that the thunder snow yeah, or whatever? Yeah, that's at the end, yeah. Yeah. That's an oldie but goodie. Yeah. Speaking of oldie but goodie, Nick White, what do you got? <laughs> well, I'll, I'll stick with that. You know, I guess we'll go with the... Uh, the Zach Streif uh, info and 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 this this let's talk about the industry a little bit and maybe something that that kind of you know grinds my gears a little bit is um, in in this it's tough enough to get um, a broadcasting job a, a play-by-play job uh, at any level high school college you know and especially at the NFL and I guess a, a problem that I have. Um, is, is we're seeing an alarming trend, and I I, I get a lot of <clears throat> excuse me a lot of these releases. Y'all yeah, I know it's getting me all it. choked up. But you get these these job postings, and they're very meticulous in how they want you. You know, they want specific qualifications like X amount X amount of years of this play by play experience at this level, and this and this and this, and then um, you see individuals get hired that will get jobs and then you read their bio and they don't have the experience that was required in the job posting. And it, it's, it's kind of alarming and startling to me. And it does go back to, you know, no matter the, the job that you do, broadcasting, um, you know, corporate America, CenturyLink or wherever, teaching, you know, a lot of this stuff still comes down to, the connections that you make. And mm-hmm. I try to tell people all the time, uh, and you see it in social media, never try to burn a bridge uh, because you never know whenever all that stuff will come back to bite you. Try to be ni- as nice as you can to people as possible. Uh, try to do a good job no matter what you do, but always make connections. Make connections with the people because you never know whenever those connections will help you get your next opportunity. 
Um, and I think it, it's something that we are not seeing in today's society, um, in, in a microwave society, in, in social media. That And I've, I've had to learn some harsh les- lessons as far as social media go and, and try to be a lot, lot more conservative in those areas. Um, you know, just don't push in, don't do some things, don't burn a bridge, but uh, find a way to make some connections. But uh, I would like to see, you know, whenever you do, post for a job you have these certain requirements how about you uh, actually hire some people that have the certain requirements and that goes back to the situation there with with zach street this is still just mind-blowing to me how about that i haven't haven't seen an official release yet on this it's still rumored out there but if that comes about uh, that is just mind-blowing to me how about that puff daddy and mark kramer coming they haven't seen you so long but i guess they can't tell that you're at work right now yeah, did I miss slapping you on the no? You, you it's like, like having an IFB like in your in your <laughs> ear, right? People are talking to you, right? Hey, Nick. A number of years ago, I don't know if you remember this. I did a story on a, a '96, and then he turned '98 little league coach in down in Winsboro, right? right? Booker T. Burkhalter is his name. Yeah, uh, fabulous little league coach for literally 65, 70 years. Well, guess whose birthday it is today? Is it his birthday? Yeah. Are you gonna sing Happy Birthday? One hundred and four. Is he still coaching? Uh, no, he's not oh, coaching, man. but I am going to his birthday party on Saturday. What do you give a guy that turns 104? Congratulations. <laughs> <laughs> 104? Yeah. The number of kids and the guys that he coached through the years is amazing, and the impact that he made on that Winsboro community. Looking forward to doing that. Story. I just got chills, man. Yeah. That is tremendous. Yeah, the best part. So, know. 104. So, he's born in what, 1914? Yeah. Wow. The, the thing is, when we went out a number of years ago, when he was 98, he was literally hitting grounders to the kids out there. It, it was incredible. And he slowed down a little bit. Heck, he's 104 years old. But look forward to catching up with him and visiting with him on Saturday, but it is his birthday today, so happy birthday to Coach Book. I feel bad for complaining after <laughs> getting out there and yes. working and coaching some with Brian's uh, ball team this year because yeah. there were some days after I get done, I'm like, oh my goodness, I feel terrible. <laughs> Imagine no, being 98. Had, had no that. no reason to complain at all. Yes. That uh, happy birthday, uh, Mister. You said Burkhalter. Yes. Happy birthday, Mister. Burkhalter. Yeah. Tip of the cap to you, sir. I look forward to sharing that story with you in uh, the next couple of weeks. Hey, Nick. Are you going to wear a little birthday hat? (laughs) Maybe. Not often you go to a birthday party, celebrates the life of a man turning 100. That's awesome. And still, you know, still sharp and all that, right? Oh, yeah. Wow. Great. Great stuff. Hey, man. Great stuff. Thanks for coming in today. You're welcome. You did not miss a beat. Glad to be able to do it. And, uh, yeah, gearing up media day in, uh, what, a month. Mm -hmm. I'll be back on doing some of this stuff whenever we get to that point. And And uh, I dropped the ball today. No coffee, no donuts. That's all right. I came prepared. I brought brought my coffee with me. I figured you would drop the ball. You were right. Figured. Everybody have a fantastic day. The Edge is coming up next. Thanks for listening to the best of the morning drive with Dietrich and White. To listen live every day, tune in at ESPN977.com or subscribe in iTunes, Stitcher, or wherever you find podcasts.